I want to speak a message entitled, Laying Down Your Promise. Laying Down Your Promise. We're going to jump in. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 17 through 19. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation, only because I like the way it simplified it. When you get there, just wave at me a little bit if you've been able to find it. It's also up there. I like that. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told them, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again, and in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Come on, bow your heads with me. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for words that help us to become closer to you. Thank you for the examples of Abraham and Isaac. Father, this morning we ask that we would decrease, that you would increase, and everyone said amen. Amen. Now, a few months back, my youth pastor, Doug Sayers, was here. I don't know if you remember that, but after many years, 30 years in the district office as a district youth director and many years as a youth pastor, he and his wife were both called to go into uh, the mission field, being youth missionaries to Latin America and into the Caribbean nations. Doug when I grew up in the youth group, and he grew up in our home church, always thought that he was going to be a concert pianist. And finally, after years of having put that aside, God allowed him to have a, his dream piano in his house, a wonderful, uh, wonderful Baldwin piano. Listen, those things are not cheap. And he was able to get that. He's been playing it. He figured that when he retired from the district youth ministry that he was probably going to live out his dream playing with orchestras around the country and ministering as a concert pianist. And God called him at 58 to become a missionary. And the Lord said to him, I want you to lay that piano down and I want you to go to the other parts of the world to win people to Jesus. When he was here with us, it was the first time that he had ever announced in a service that this was what God had asked him to do, and that in his moving, he would sell the piano. We were in the car going to dinner after he preached here, and he was just weeping, weeping to me. He said, Marvin, God asked me to lay it down. And he said, when I was growing up, I told God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll, I'll minister to whoever you want me to do. I'll lay down whatever you want me to lay down. And weeping, he said, I'm laying down my dream again, but I know that God's got something better. And I thought, so this is the type of ministry that I grew up under, and I relate to that. Listen, how many of you know we're thankful for people that will lay it all at the feet of Jesus? Give everything to the Lord. God, no matter what you say, no matter what promise you've given me, I'll follow you. I want to tell you that there will be times in our lives as believers that God gives us promises and dreams and even allows them to come to pass, and then he will ask us to lay them down and even voluntarily kill them. 
Now, I don't necessarily mean that you're going to kill someone. Turn to someone and say, don't you kill anybody. Go ahead. Okay, because sometimes Christians get a little weird. They think they've got to kill somebody. But listen, we're reading about Abraham and Isaac. These are promises, dreams, and desires that God places in our heart. And then we come into agreement with him, and we desire them, and we want them as much as he does. But God says... I want you to lay down your promise. This is not some cruel trick by God. It is not a mind game that God is playing, but it is a test. Touch someone next to you and say, God will test you every once in a while. Go ahead. Tell them. Listen, Abraham's life was marked by obedience and trust in God. That's what defined him from everyone else. From the moment that God called him to leave and go to a strange land, he did everything that God asked of him. And when Abraham desired a son, God gave him a promise. In Genesis 15, 2 through 6, it says, But Abraham uh, Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son, since you've given me no children? Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Can you imagine the conversation? These are real things that take place between God and people. Abraham, you want a son? I'm going to give your son. Now, get out of the house, and I want you to look up. Listen, how many of you walk with the Lord? Talk with the Lord, where God has you. Listen, my prayer is that the American church, again, the American Christians, will begin to regain the understanding that we have a relationship with God that is so significant. You will have conversations just like Abraham did. Take you outside. You see the stars? I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams, beyond your imagination. And we know that God fulfilled that promise with Isaac. Abraham, the Bible tells us, was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. They waited 25 years, but God did what he said he would do. And we know today that he is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who of course his name became Israel. How many of you believe he's still the God of Israel today? I want you to take notes on this. Number one, when God asks you to sacrifice something precious... It can be a difficult thing to do. With Abraham, this was actually the last of ten tests that he faced in his lifetime. All of the tests that he faced, the Bible tells us he passed with flying colors. And because he did, he is known as a man of faith, a man of righteousness and a friend of God. Each of the tests were harder, with varying degrees of difficulty. And this last test was going to be the hardest 
of them all. I want to tell you, God will test you throughout your lifetime. If you found that true, say a good amen. Listen, in your walk with the Lord, you will be tested by God. He's always going to have you in that place where you know that you're obedient and he knows that you're being obedient, that you're listening to his voice and you hear what he's saying and that you are still willing to do what he is asking you to do throughout your lifetime. God calls us to lay down a promise, one that we might be living in that's precious to us. They are a promise that we're enjoying, a promise that we can reach out and and touch. Listen, Abraham was enjoying raising his son Isaac, waking up every day and doing life with him, having the conversations that fathers and sons have, going out and doing the things that fathers and sons do, But for a test to be a test, it must be a promise that we would rather not lay down and that we would rather keep. It's not something that you could easily push aside. It's got to be something that God knows you really want. He has given you the promise that you will keep, and then he's asking you if you will trust him. All of us in our life have had things that God has asked us to lay down. And there may even be something that God is dealing with you with about right now. I want to tell you that there have been several times in my life that God has asked me to do something with which I was not particularly thrilled. How many of you have ever been there once or twice with the Lord? My flesh didn't like it. I knew it was part of God's promise and plan, and I really didn't understand or see what God had planned on the other side of laying it down. I just knew that he came and said, I'm letting you live in the promise, but right now I want to know if you're willing to lay it down at my feet. It could be very difficult to come into compliance with what God is asking you to do. You ever been in a place where the flesh rebels every step of the way and your mind tries to argue with God as if we know better than the Lord? How many of you know that God knows way better than we do, amen? How many of you ever said, well, God, are you really sure about that? We're the one who have second thoughts and doubts. God is always exactly sure about what he wants to do. He never questions himself. I promise you not. God never says a thought and says he's going to do it and then goes, boy, I wonder if I'm making the right choice. (laughs) When our will collides with God's divine plan for our life, we must make a conscious decision to exercise obedience and follow his leading no matter what. Understand these are critical moments when we must make the choice to do what God asks, whether we understand it or not. These are tests like no other test. It is a choice of the will, of surrender, of obedience, and of trust. I want you to hear me this morning. It is when we fully abandon our natural natural inclinations and when we yield to the will of God that we are able to step into the fullness of all that God truly has for our lives. Listen, when God asks us to lay down our promise and our dream and our plans, it is because he desires to do something even greater in us and through us. How many of you believe that God's got something good for you on the other side? 
Number two, mark this down. One of the things that's remarkable about Abraham is that he obeyed God immediately. I have found that when God asks you to do something, you don't wait to do it, you just do it. Genesis 22, 3 says this. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham did not hesitate to do what God said. Oh, listen, I want you to hear me this morning. God's giving a word to us as a church. He's giving a word to us as individuals. I pray that you'll receive it. The thing that God laid on my heart, I couldn't wait to preach this message for weeks now. I want you to hear me. Abraham did not hesitate in his obedience. And while this is a pivotal moment in his life, it was just another day in the life of Abraham. He got up early. He got everything he needed for the journey. He cut the wood that needed to be cut. He did the chores that needed to be done. And then he saddled up and got ready to go to fulfill the request that God had given him. Listen, one of the great enemies of faith is procrastination. Abraham did not delay his response to God. He didn't wait. He didn't throw a goodbye party for Isaac. He didn't take his wife aside and tell him everything that he was going to do because how many of you know, like any good mother, she'd try to talk him out of it. Amen. He was up before sunrise. And he didn't delay his response to God. And one of the things that we're watching is the response of a seasoned saint. I want to remind you that laying down the promise is a process. As Abraham was doing what God required, the Bible tells us that he had plenty of time to think about it and he had plenty of time to turn back. And although the obedience was immediate, God gave Abraham sufficient time to completely understand the sacrifice that he was making. The same will be true of us. Genesis 22, 4 says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. God gave Abraham time to enjoy the promise. I think that Abraham and Isaac bonded and were making memories as they traveled for days. They made meals around the fire. They slept underneath the stars. One of the things is uh, Brittany gave birth to uh, Emily this week. With that C-section, it meant that Billy and Brittany had to be in that hospital by themselves for three days. Grandma and Grandpa couldn't be there. There were just nurses around. And, and the Lord said to me, he said, this is important. Those two get to be together for the first time as parents without anyone else in the family bothering them. And they're going to have to learn how to begin to figure that out by themselves, how to get up at night. And I, can I just tell you, I'm proud of a son-in-law who let his wife sleep and got up to take care of the baby. And listen, i got to tell you, Billy's already passing some tests. Come on, how many of you know that's a good testimony? I love that. That's a beautiful thing. And so with Abraham and Isaac, they're enjoying the promise. Abraham and Isaac were bonding. 
doing things together. Can I tell you that the Lord, even when he asks you to lay something down, will give you enough time to really enjoy what he's given you. As we grow older, we're going to see that God will many times save the biggest tests for later in life. I want you to notice that God called Abraham when he was over 100. He had already been with Isaac for 14 years. So this tells us that Isaac was about 14 and Abraham was 114. And I believe that God will test us later in life concerning our desires and dreams because we know that we only have a certain amount of time to see the promises fulfilled and to really enjoy what God has for us. As we grow older, we see time slipping away faster. And the question as we get older is, do we still trust God with our promise? As we grow older, it is easier to grow more in love with the promises of God and the gifts of God than with God himself. We have what we always wanted, or we know it's coming, and then God says to us, I want that. Do you know that early in life, it's easy to say, okay, I'll give it to you. Right now, I'll surrender it to you. Because you still feel like you've got all the time in the world to receive what God has. It's as you get older, God says, will you lay it down? Will you give that precious thing back to me? Will you trust me with what is so important in your life? Now watch this. Mark it. When God asks us to lay down our promise, it's really a test of our love. I want to remind you that our walk with God is a relationship. It's not just about the fact that he is God and we are not. In a relationship, true obedience is not about authority. It's about love. Never in my life when I look at my wife and she says, will you do this for me, do I go, well, who do you think you are? Listen, how many of you know if I don't realize who she is already, I'm in a lot of trouble, come on. We do men for our wives and she does for me because of relationship. We just do that. And when God tests us, it's not to see if we will be obedient because he said so, but because we love him and we trust him. Many of us start out young with a love and trust for God that's amazing. But as we grow older, we grow in love with the settledness of life and the promises of God. Genesis 22, 1 through 2 says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Just like he did in the beginning when God asked him to leave the land that he had promised to go to. He said, Here I am. And then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The Amplified says, now after these things, God tested the faith and commitment of Abraham. I love the New Living Translation because you actually get to see that there's a conversation going on. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son. 
your only son. Now watch this. Yes, Isaac. So how many of you know in the middle of all that he's going, you mean Isaac? You mean the promise? You mean my only son, that son? Yes, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. I love that. At 100 years old, Abraham is still having man conversations with God. You mean my son? Listen, when God looks at other men, he tells them, prepare yourself like a man. I'm going to test you. I'm going to question you. I'm going to talk with you. Abraham was a friend of God. And when God said, I want you to do this, Abraham had the tenacity and the boldness to say, you mean this one, the promise you gave me, the one that I had at over 100 years old and have now walked with and am enjoying the promise. And he says, yes, Isaac. In Genesis, it says that Abraham was tested. In Hebrews, most versions say that Abraham was tested, but the King James Version translates it as tried. Abraham loved his son, but he also knew his God. And Abraham's life was built on the positive side of faith, knowing deep in his soul that God is a God who provides. Abraham never doubted. That word tried or tested is from the Greek word paradzo, which describes an intense examination that is done to prove the fitness of an object. For example, paradzo was used to describe the process of testing and removing impurities from metal. And the tests ensured that the metal would be strong and durable and that any object crafted from metal would hold up under pressure. Can you imagine at 100 years old, God is still saying to Abraham, I am going to make sure that you still hold up under pressure. Turn to someone right now and say, you never arrive. Go ahead, tell them right now. You never arrive. You never get to the place where God isn't going to still make sure that your faith is strong and that your obedience is sure and that unquestioningly you trust him. Abraham was tried and tested, and we will be too. Throughout his life, Abraham had been faithful, but this was really the real test. At 100 years old, God's still testing him. Do you have the same heart that I have? Are you willing to give up everything for no other reason than because you love me? You've been my friend for 114 years. When you were young and I asked you to leave the land and promised you something, you said you would go. But 114 years old, I want to know, do you still have that same same fire? Do you still have that same desire? Do you still have that same heart? Do you still have that same obedience? In Genesis twenty-two twelve, 12, the Bible says, when Abraham was laying Isaac on the altar and ready to plunge the knife into his son, he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. You know, the parallels between Isaac and Jesus are unmistakable. Isaac was Abraham's only son. 
In Genesis 22.6 it says, So Abraham took the word wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. Isaac carried the wood for his own sacrifice. Jesus carried the cross. The Bible tells us that we are to take up our cross. And I want to remind you that in many ways we are both Isaac and Abraham. And the test is this. Are we willing to love God just like he loves us and just like Jesus? Are we willing to die to everything because we love the Father? It was in the test that God discovered the genuineness of Abraham's faith. And God learned about Abraham. But remember, Abraham also late in life discovered something about himself. How many of you know we're still learning all about ourselves? You still know where you are with God. You're still understanding the things that have gone on in your life, the way your thoughts have begun to change from when you are young to as you're aging. Throughout that time, God is still testing and pouring and trying to see where we are with him. Early in his life, Abraham left everything. The land he knew, the familiar. And when you are young, many times obedience is easier because we're up for the adventure. It is later in life, as we have matured, that we must discover, and God must discover, if we have a deeper understanding of the Father's heart, and because of love, do we still have the appetite for obedience. In his great novel, The Lord of the Rings, at the very end of that, Bilbo was sitting on the, the shores ready to go. How many of you have watched the movies or read the book? If you haven't, you need to. But at an old age, after many of adventures, stood on the shore, been through so much. And there was a ship that was ready to sail and take him and he said, you know, I think I have in my life the room for one more adventure. Can I tell you, may we never get to the place where we're not willing to take another adventure with God. Wherever you call, whatever he asks you to do, whatever he's saying, whatever place of obedience. Listen, I want to tell you, I've got a lot of room for adventure in my life still. God still has a lot of miracles that he wants to do. He still has a lot of things that he wants us to see. He's still got a lot of enemies for us to defeat. He's still got a lot of victories for us to receive. He's still got a lot of devils for us to put underneath our feet and to trample under them. He's still got a lot of people that he wants us to win to the Lord and to show them the glory of God. Oh, if you've got one more adventure left in your life, would you just give the Lord a shout this morning? There comes a time in life, maybe several times in life, where we must realize that we are still willing to obey everything and that we will hold nothing back and withhold nothing from God. I wrote here in my notes as I was writing this message, I was holding back tears. 
Because when I started out in ministry years ago, I left everything for God. 20 years of age, God looked at me and Don with no money in our pockets, and he said, I want you to go to ministry school out in Arizona from Pennsylvania, literally 3,000 miles from home. And he said, will you trust me? I got to tell you, we packed up our little car. We didn't have a stick of furniture to our name. We put Brittany in the back seat, who was still just a little baby, and we set out on the great adventure. God has taken us across the United States three times. We've lived in seven different states, eight different states, seven, I forget. You count them up and tell me how many places we lived. I can't remember anymore. (laughs) Through all this time, we've seen the miracles and power of God. We've been like Abraham, and we've witnessed incredible things. We've been through many trials, And I want to tell you, God has been faithful. Recently, God even asked me to lay something down. And in many ways, it was painful. Promises that God has given me, some that I have received, some that I haven't. And God said to me, I want your Isaac. And I'm not telling you what it is. But he said to me, I want your Isaac. I said, Lord, I promised you back I'd do whatever you want me to do and go wherever you want me to go. I'll be whoever you want me to be. Whatever hopes and dreams you've given me, they all belong to you. Now listen, while obedience is immediate, it doesn't come without intentional surrender. Not reluctant surrender, but intentional surrender. Lay it down for the Lord. Now listen, just because God asked you to lay down your promise does not mean that he will require you to kill it. You know, Abraham built the altar. He arranged the wood. He made all the arrangements that he needed to do to fulfill God's will. He tied up Isaac so that the promise couldn't run away on its own. How many of you know he loved his son, but his son was no dummy? He laid the promise on the altar of sacrifice and he was ready to do what God asked. The angel of the Lord stopped him. And I want you to hear this. Because Abraham died to himself, the promise did not die with him. The test that God will give is will you die to you again? Remember when you gave your life to Jesus, You said to him, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. I promise you that throughout your life, there will be times that God will want you to know and you will need to know again that you will die to everything. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though a man die, yet he shall live. Luke 9, 24 says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Listen to me. In order for the promises of God to live, we must be like Jesus and take up our cross and die to ourselves. Let me ask you, how can God live through our promise if it is our promise? 
and not his. Oh, I want to tell you in the coming years, as we grow closer to the end, God will challenge everything that we are. Will we lay it all down for the sake of Christ? Can I tell you as a pastor, I want to say this prophetically. When I look at the American church, we are so busy trying to live our own life, trying to live our dreams, trying to live the promise, trying to obtain instead of dying to ourselves. Listen, God will bless you. It's not that he doesn't want you to have the promise. He just wants to make sure that you've given it back to him. I want to tell you in a few weeks, that promise, Brittany and Billy have longed to have that baby for a long time now. But in a couple weeks, you're going to watch as we come to this altar and as we dedicate her and give her back to Jesus. How many of you know she doesn't belong anymore to them? She belongs to the Lord. I want to tell you, 32 years ago when Brittany was conceived and God worked through our lives, we gave her back to Jesus. 32 years and short of two days, Brittany's birthday, she... Emily was born on the 12th. Brittany was born on the 14th of October. We looked in our own life. Brittany wasn't conceived. You know that. You know our testimony. wasn't conceived in purity. We were in sin. When we repented and God gave us our life and we dedicated that baby to Jesus, he has redeemed everything. But I remember when we said to the Lord, she's not ours anymore, she belongs to you. And 32 years later, we're standing two days ago holding for the first time my granddaughter in my arms. We watched the Lord's blessing come full circle. But Jesus, Brittany serving Jesus because we gave her back to the Lord. We had to lay that. When we went, listen, that little baby that wasn't, listen, there are, no unwanted children. There were just unintended parents. And God took that blessing with us all the way out to Zara. She has traveled with us around the country, wound up here in Florida, and is now living. Listen, we're living the promise God gave us of ministry. But you've got to lay down those things and give them back to the Lord. Do they belong to him? Or do they belong to you? Can I tell you the American church is holding on so tight and making everything about us? It's all about Jesus. Can I tell you the reason I believe that God is blessing our church, the reason we are prospering, we're seeing miracles, we're seeing people saved, is because as a church we've said, God, all of this belongs to you. Every blessing, every goodness, every faithfulness, this is about you. And, and I want to tell you, we have found as we surrender it all back to the Lord that we get to walk in the promises of God. He just wanted to know if we lay it on the altar. Now I want you to notice the last point today. It is in these moments of testing that you discover that God reveals himself as your provider. 
It is in these times that we discover that it is him that we need and not just his promises. In Genesis 22, 13 through 14, then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Will you say that with me? The Lord will provide. To this day, People still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Years ago when I started in ministry in in Pittsburgh, Pastor Ralph was still, some of you still remember Pastor Ralph before he passed away here, was one of the great bishops of the Pittsburgh area. And when I came here to pastor, he was sitting on the front row week after week. Month after month, he would say to us, there's still a ram in the thicket. At 40-some years of age, this mentor, I was able to look at him and say, he's still at 70 and 80 years old saying, the Lord will provide. God will provide. There were times we would go through things and he'd put his arm around me and he'd say, Marvin, there's still a ram in the thicket. God will provide. He's given his promises. The things that God has for this church, that God has for your life, there's still a ram in the thicket. Even when God calls you to lay it all down, just the moment when you're ready to give up hope, he'll stop you and say, I know that you've decided to be faithful. And then he'll provide a way out and a sacrifice because God always needs to make, God will always make a way. There's someone who needs to hear this this morning. God never runs out of rams. There is always help, even in the thorniest places, even in the hardest things that you're dealing with, even when he calls you to lay it down. God never has a way of stop surprising us. He always makes a way. And when you, when you will obey God, he will always find out that he will surprise you in the most amazing ways. But I want you to look at me. You've got to be willing to let God surprise you. You've got to be willing to go through with the obedience. You see, as Christians now, we've become smart and educated. Abraham could have gotten at the place where he's like holding up the hand, ready to plunge the knife into Isaac, and he could have been looking, so God, you're going to stop? So God, you're going to stop? Hey God, when are you coming through? He didn't. He was intent on obedience. He wasn't looking for the way out. He was willing to be faithful. And I want to tell you, when you're willing to go all the way with God, he'll always surprise you. Every major test that comes our way is designed to put God's character on display. And when Abraham obeyed God, it wasn't blind faith. God saved his greatest test for last. And Abraham stepped out in faith precisely because he knew the character of God. I want to ask you, are you willing to let God reveal himself to you in your obedience? You see, it's in the obedience of God 
that you realize that he's good. Do you know he's not a mean God? I've had people ask me, it just feels like God's playing with me. I said, then you don't know your God. I just feel like God's playing mind games with me. Then you don't know your God. I just feel like maybe God is just not sure about what he's doing. Listen, then you don't know your God. I promise you God knows exactly what he's doing, when he's doing it, and he knows the outcome even though you and I don't. I want to ask you today, what promise is God calling you to lay down? What is God calling you to step out to do? What thing in your life is God saying, trust me? Well, I promise when you'll obey him, you will find that he's your provider. You will find that he is good. Can you imagine Abraham who walked out with God having the conversation? I'm going to give you a son. Just look at the stars. And he believed them and received the baby and watched him grow. The same God that came to him later and said, I want you to sacrifice your son and took the journey into the wilderness who had those constant conversations ready to obey God and at the very last possible moment an angel said now I know that you are willing to withhold nothing from me can I ask you Christian I want to tell you some of us came to Jesus and when we did we said God everything I have is yours I lay it all at the foot of the cross But somehow with our walk with God, as we've gotten older, we've begun to say, but I really like this. This is mine. I don't want to give it up. I don't want another adventure. I'm really quite comfortable where I'm at. And I like what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it. I don't want to step out and do anything else. I'd really like it just to stay the same. How many of you know that's a a somewhat safe place to live, but all you get to do is that? It's when you go deeper with the Lord. Can I ask you, what are you holding on to? What is your Isaac? What is God asking you to lay down? Doesn't mean he's going to take it from you. Oh, when Don and I were living in central Pennsylvania, just a couple hours from our parents, and he said, I want you to move to Florida. I went, I don't want to move to Florida. I know most people like Florida. I think Florida's hot. I still think Florida's hot. But he said, if you'll be obedient. And God has blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. We left. Listen, throughout our life, God has tested us. Will you go? Will you do? Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. People start thinking that. I'm not going to listen. But the things that God has given have been far better. Would you stand with me this morning?
Heavenly Father, we look back over our lives and we have seen your faithfulness. If God's been good to you, would you just say a good amen? Amen. Lord, we started out with you and we said we give you our whole life or everything. Lord, I look at the life of Abraham. It not only challenges me, it excites me. Lord, I thank you for a passionate man that would serve you. Who for over a hundred years did everything that you asked him to do and you blessed him for it. Jesus, we want to thank you for how you've blessed us. God, we want to have the same testimony that Abraham has, that he was a man of righteousness and a friend of God. Lord, for some, this message is just spot on target. There's things you're dealing with in our lives. And you're saying to them, I've given you your promise, I've given you your Isaac, but I want that to be mine. And Lord, although we know that we don't have to kill it, we have to be able to surrender it. Lord, I pray that whatever that area is, listen, if God's just asking you, if you know he's dealing with you right now, would you just lift your hand? If there's something specific, Oh, Lord, we give it to you now in the name of Jesus. Right now, just imagine yourself laying it at his feet. Lord, I give it to you. This promise is yours. It's yours. For some of us, Lord, this message will prepare us for the future. Throughout our life, just like you did through Abraham's, there'll be moments of testing. Pray, Lord, that you'd find us obedient. Lord, that you would find us faithful just as you've been faithful. I thank you, God, that the blessings you give us and the dreams you give us and the promises you give us are far greater than anything that we could ever imagine ourselves. But, Lord, they belong to you. I pray, God, that as a church, I pray that as individuals, Lord, we would never lose our sense of adventure. I pray, Lord God, that we would be ready, willing to step out one more time and say, God, whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go, whatever you want us to lay down, we're willing to be obedient. Listen, if you will just say, Lord, I'm willing to be obedient in everything, would you just lift your hands and let's make that commitment as a church to the Lord. I could call us to the altar and we could stand around, but right here in the church, Father, we give you everything. Complete obedience we surrender. Just as surely as Jesus went to the cross and laid down his life. Today, Lord, we crucify our own life. We take up our cross and we follow you. We say everything we are belongs to you. Our families, our children, our grandchildren, our jobs, our hopes, our plans. Everything, Lord, belongs to you. God, wherever you want us to be, we'll be right there. And then whenever you tell us to pick up to move, we'll pick up to go. Whether it's a job, whether it's a placement, whatever it is. God, whatever you say, if you want us to go across the street and witness to a neighbor or go to the other side of the city and minister to someone who's in need, we want to be obedient. Lord, I pray that we learn to enjoy the adventure. Lord, may we never grow 
so comfortable. I thank you for the moments of comfort. But Lord, I thank you that adventure can be comfortable too. There's the thrill. There's the excitement. And I pray that God would restore that to our hearts. As we get older, Lord, may we not become so set in our ways. May we still have feet that will move. Hearts that will follow hard after you. Minds that want to think like you think. Want to dream like you dream. To see like you see. To hear like you want us to hear. Like Abraham heard and knew that it was God. Not questioning.